You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Tonight as we get into the word here, I'm going to, this message is kind of prophetic in the sense that it deals with a lot of issues that perhaps we're seeing in the day that we live in. But I want to say something here very important, that we're living in a day of thriving, not surviving. Say it with me, we're living in a day of thriving, not surviving. Now, I know that's hard to preach. A lot of people have a hard time with that, but that is in truth. We're living in a time where exceptionalism needs to explode in the church. We're living in a time we need to climb the mountain rather than be on the bottom of the mountain. We're living in a time that we need to be enthusiastic about the outcome and the specialness of God's blessing in our lives and and we won't retreat from it and we won't hold back for it. This is a time to thrive in your life. And what's so powerful about this is as you get in the word of God, you begin to realize that God's people all through time have been in times like this that they begin to thrive. Because there's something about it when all else has failed and all that's left is God it's powerful so I want to start with if you would in Judge chapter 6 and there's a particular story about Gideon and I want to show you some things the Lord wanted me to emphasize to you tonight about Gideon and let's start with the first verse if you would in Judges now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the Turnaveth tree which is Orphan which is belonged to Joash the Bezrezites, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the, the miracles which our father told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites? And then the Lord turned to him and said, Go into this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Now, there's a couple of things in this story that I want to emphasize that's very critical. Gideon was in the right place, but he was in a situation where he's in the right place at the right time, but he wasn't doing it the right way. Have you ever been like that? You're in the right place at the right time, but you're not doing it the right way in your life Gideon in this situation is on his father's and his property he's being a farmer he's being fruitful and he's in the right place doing uh, doing it but he's not doing it the right way you don't winnow wheat in a wine press you find a hill a place where the wind blows through and that's where he went so so he's doing the right things but he's doing it the wrong way and uh, this is what happens sometimes to a lot of people they're well-meaning people and they do things you know right things but they don't do it in the right way 
And we've seen it in the Church of America over the last 20 years if they've tried to do the right things, but they've done it in the wrong way. They've tried to reach the world by becoming like the world. Their intention was to get the world saved, but you can't get someone saved until they know they need saving. And we've seen this in the church over the years where we, we're doing things, the right things, but we're not doing it in the right way. There's something about compromise and complacency that appeals to people that will not expand the kingdom where it'll last. And Gideon's in a similar situation, and God is merciful. He comes in, and what I like about this story is that the word of the Lord came to Gideon, not in some distant place. It came to Gideon in the very place or land that him and his father possessed and, the, and his tribe possessed. In other words, the word of the Lord came to him or came to him in the place where the land belonged to him where he possessed it and I want you to catch this truth God will always send his word towards the things that belong to us he'll always send his word for healing he'll always send his word for prosperity he'll always send his word for breakthrough because that's something that belongs to the believer in Christ Jesus and when you understand that you realize that Gideon's in a situation he, he's he's doing the right thing he's just doing it wrong and the and the Midianites are coming in and they're stealing from him see you can't steal from someone unless you're taking something that belongs to you and many of us things have been taken from us whether it's health whether it's provision whether it's the the vision that God wants you to have in your life and it's been taken from you and I'm here to tell you that God's sending his word tonight to you so that you can reclaim what God has given you and you can break the power of the enemy that's trying to steal kill and destroy come on church God wants to do that tonight he wants to break you through in that, in that area and bring forth the blessing that he has for you. Now, what is interesting about this story, which I, I don't normally preach on, and I want to uh, go to those verses, verse 25 and 26, I want you to see what God tells Gideon to do before he delivers his people and himself from these thieves that are stealing from him. He says, now it came to pass, the same night the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull, second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has. Cut down the wooden images that is beside it. And he built an altar to the Lord your God on the top of this rock in a proper arrangement and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. Now what I want to ask is this. Why in the world did God have Gideon tear down the altars of his father before he delivered the people? What was the purpose of tearing down the altars? I want you to always remember this about altars. Altars are symbols. When they're outside of God, they're symbols 
of lies that are built on altars. In other words, in Gideon's day, just like in our day, there are lies not only in, about Christianity in the church, there's lies in our culture that are trying to project to people's minds and their ideas, and these lies will limit, and they will put a lid on your life, they will hinder your life, and if we're going to break the power of the wicked one, we're gonna have to tear down some of the altars in America today, and tear down some of the altars in the churches today that are built on the lies of the enemy someone ought to say amen right now there's all kinds of lies that are in our culture right now let me give you a couple uh, let me give you one in the church and that is escapism in the church today for years it's been this way where the church just basically believes that to be a good Christian means you're gonna smell like hell and go through hell and live in hell but then one day we're gonna go to the streets of gold and we'll be walking in heaven and that's normal that is a lie from the pit of hell with every pit there's a deliverance with every fiery furnace there's a deliverance with every plague there's a deliverance whatever you're facing right now in your life God has called you to come out of it God has called you to get a breakthrough from it and it's, it's not God's will that you stay in this state of escapism he wants you to thrive in the midst of the pressure thrive in the midst of the crushedness uh, thrive in the, the midst of the worry and the anxiety he wants you to thrive in it spiritually in your life so that you can bring the kingdom of God into your life and do something wonderful amen, amen. he desires that in your life but it's going to take faith on your part to see it happen and come to pass. That's one of the things I've seen in the church so, so long. People don't realize the Bible says that we're to be the head, not the tail. It doesn't mean we go through life conquered and controlled by our circumstances at all. We may have those challenges, but God wants you to rise up as a warrior in him, and he wants you to prevail. A church that's not prevail is not a revival church. A church that's not winning is not a church from God. Are you listening to me? That is God's will for the church. And we know about all the lies that are in our culture. There's so many of them. But one of the ones that kind of drive me a little bit crazy is this lie about white people are born racist. It's a lie from the devil. It is a lie from the devil to say that any particular child is better than another child, that any particular child has this or that. It's a lie from the devil in the kingdom of God. Every child can exceed. Every child can uh, prosper. Every child can go over the top. That's just the way of the spirit. That's the spirit of God. It's our world that's trying to use this lie because they want to put a lid on the church. They want to put a lid on you. They want to put a lid on your family. They want to put a lid on your life they want to put a lid on you prospering they want to put a lid on it God looks at all of us as the same and he's no respecter of persons it don't matter if you're white doesn't matter if you're brown doesn't matter if you're red doesn't matter if you're yellow that makes no difference with God but the world's trying to project this lie trying to cripple the church the church is called that we would come together in the unity of the church we don't need all black churches we don't need all white churches we don't need all uh, Spanish churches we need a church that is united from every 
every culture that comes together and calls upon the name of the Lord with all their heart and with all their mind. Praise God. That's the church. The Bible said that we're to, to come together with the unity of the faith until we receive the full knowledge of God. That's not going to happen if we separate, if we isolate from each other. And it's not about whether you're a Democrat or whether you're a Republican. It's about whether or not you're a Christian. God never said you got to be a Christian to be of any party. You're a Christian because Jesus Christ died for you. He died for the world. He died for the independent. He died for the Democrat. He died for the Republican. Hallelujah. He died for the whole world. Hallelujah. And when you know that, it sets you free. We got to tear down these lies, these lies that hinder us from doing what God wants us to do in our life. Amen. Said amen. I'm just preaching myself happy tonight. Just preaching myself happy. Do you understand what I'm getting at here? These altars are, they appear to be true, but they're not. And if you believe they're true, they put a lid on your life. Think about all the marriages that have a lid on their life because they believe a lie. Here's the lie. He'll never change because he was raised that way. It's a lie of the devil. Or she'll never change because she was really hurt when she was a child. That's a lie of the devil. The God can change anyone. Remember what God said to the man of the pool. He said, take up your bed and walk. That man for years, 38 years, believed he couldn't do that unless someone helped him. And one day God spoke to him out of his word. And as he spoke to him out of his word, everything changed. And he began to realize that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. So there's lies, I think, that hinder and limit what God can do in our lives. How about this lie in our culture? Well, you may not be what you were born to be. You may not be a boy. You may be a girl, even though you were born with the boy parts. You may not be a, a girl, even though you're born with the girl parts. You may be a man. These are devices of the devil. And if we're going to help this generation, we're going to have to wake up and we're going to have to stand strong and call out what is lies in love so that the church can rise up and people can be blessed and people can be set free. The best that you can be is the way God created you. If you're going to be great and you're a woman, you're going to be a great woman. You don't need to be a boy to be a great woman. Say amen. And you don't need to be a, a great man man and be a great woman whatever you were created at is how God made you and God wants you to prevail in Christ amen so we have these these uh, idols that need to be torn down in our culture so that we can stop the stealing stop the taking things from us there's two voices that, you, that speak to us today. There's words from hell and there's words from heaven. You can always tell the words that come from hell. They always bring worry. They always bring fear. They always bring anxiety. They always bring pain. They always bring dismay. But when the words come from heaven, 
just like that angel spoke to Gideon and said you're a mighty man of valor go now in this strength and deliver the people that word brought life and when a word brings life it enables you it enables you to prevail it enables you to succeed it enables you to overcome in your life I think sometimes what we need to do in the church is listen more intensely to the word that is being spoken because sometimes we limit ourselves because we don't pay close enough attention to what God is telling to, speaking to us in the church we miss out it reminds me of this story of Elisha when he was about to go on to be with the Lord the king came he was in war he needed some help and the prophet said take the bow and shoot an arrow out the window and that's the deliverance of the Lord and then he said this to him he said I want you to strike the Assyrians at Alphac until you destroy them in other words every time you shoot an arrow that's a victory and the king shot three times and stopped. Why? He wasn't paying attention to what the prophet was saying. The prophet was saying that I want you to strike so many times that your enemies are completely destroyed. But he wasn't listening carefully to the word of the Lord. And he missed out on the blessing of God. When God's word is spoken, we need to be attentive to it. We need to listen to it. We need to embrace it. And we need to follow its instructions or we could end up up in a battle that was supposed to end to continue in your life over and over and over and over again and many of you know what I'm talking about that God spoke to you about things and you take a little bit of it but not all of it because you weren't listening to what God really intended for you to have and to break free from amen turn to your neighbor right now and say there's got to be for you man it's got to be for you you got a need, you need this more than I need it, praise God. Jesus said in Mark 4, 25, he said, with what measure you hear, it is measured back to you. Listen to me carefully. When God speaks from heaven, it brings life. When God speaks from heaven, it brings victory. If you remember years ago, I taught a message in John 15, and I, I mentioned the fact that when a branch doesn't produce fruit, Jesus says that he lifts it up. And as a way, he lifts it up into the light, and because it's lifted up into the light, it begins to bear fruit. God wants to lift you up tonight. He wants to lift you up. He wants you to, tell, to let you know that no matter what comes at us, he will, in fact, bring a thriving overcoming come on net breaking boat sinking increase in your life God wants to do 2 Timothy 4 18 Paul said this he said the Lord shall deliver me out of every work or evil work he didn't say some of them he said all of them Psalms 34, 19 says, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver him out of them all. Is there a difference between shall, God shall, or God might? There's a big difference between shall and might. 
I'm not here to, to tell you what God might do. I'm telling you what God shall do. I'm not here telling you what could happen. I'm here to tell you what will happen when you trust God, when you believe God, when you trust God for your body, when you trust God for your finances, when you trust God in your life. That's what I'm talking about. God wants you to know that he will deliver you from every affliction every problem everything that you're facing right now everything but you have to believe his word I love the it says in Isaiah it says that when God sends forth his word it will not return void I like to say it this way when God sends his word to you it will never ever return to him void if you believe if you don't believe it'll go to someone else and if they don't believe it goes to someone else and if they don't believe it goes to someone else and if they don't believe it goes to someone else until someone takes that word and believes because it will not return to God void that's exactly why before Jesus comes back, there's going to be an increase of grace and favor that the world has never seen. You know why? Because generation after generation has not applied his word and believed his word, and, and, and grace has been piling up and piling up and piling up and piling up and piling up, and there's going to be a generation, which I believe is this one, where we just say, I can't stand it anymore. I'm just going to believe everything God's word says. I'm not going to throw in the towel at all. I'm going to believe exactly what God's word says. That generation is going to have a surplus of grace that was never received from the past, and it will be received, and God will use it all up, praise God, and God will bring great favor before our Lord Jesus returns to the earth because he said heaven would hold him up, heaven would keep him there until, until the restoration of all things, until means he's come on church he is going to bring it down but it's going to going to be that process that we embrace his word i like the i like what it says in church of laodicea it says that the lukewarm church god is ready to spit out of your mouth but the cold or the hot are good why because when you're cold you're desperate God, if you don't come through, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, if you don't come through, I don't know how I'm going to raise my kids. God, if you don't come through, I don't know how I'm going to save this marriage. God, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Lord, if you don't come through, I don't know how I'm going to save my business. And God can use that. Or you're so on fire for God that your vision goes way beyond your mentality it goes way beyond and you burn in your heart for more and more and more of God more of his blessing in your life God says I can like either one of those but the middle nah just soon spit them out of my mouth then do it you know as you're here tonight I want to just say this it's very important you have been through a year now of tremendous problems and I'm here to tell you Satan's attack on you didn't work Amen. you're still worshiping you're still serving you're still giving 
You're still declaring that Jesus is Lord. You're still living right. It didn't work. Everything that Satan threw at us didn't work. It didn't work. He didn't get you so discouraged you gave up. He didn't get you so messed up that you just threw in the towel. It didn't work. And it didn't work because God has a greater work for you than you ever could imagine in your mind and in your imagination. God has something great stored up for those who said, I'm going to believe. I'm going to stand. I'm not going to draw back from whatever I'm seeing right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Said amen said oh me hallelujah I think what I need to do is pick you up a little bit right now can I do that can I lift you up a little bit higher some of you need to get lifted up a little bit higher some of you have been feeding on the news too much today and you got the blues I'm going to lift you up let me give you an example in scripture Noah Noah built an ark during a time of great judgment. But what I want you to understand is when Noah built that ark, it was at a lower elevation, lower elevation. After the judgment had occurred and the earth was filled with water and the ark rested, it went from a low place to a high place on a mountain. I want you to know that we've been through the flood. We've been through this. But I'm telling you right now by the authority of God's word that your ark is going to rest in a high place. You're going to be higher after this than you were when you started because you started in a low place, but God's going to bring you to a higher place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Noah's ark was down here, but when it was over, he was up here. You may have been down there, but when it's all over, you'll be up here maybe I'll help those that can't see right you were down here way down here but after it's all over you're going to be up here come on church that's what God has for you and you got to embrace that and whatever judgment goes through in America today that we're going to end up on a higher place than we were when it started hallelujah so often people they're they're waiting for it to stop raining Lord, if the, you know, yeah, the, as soon as we get the virus taken care of, as soon as, you know, this gets better, this gets better. Don't wait. Don't wait. The ark was rising. The more it rained, the higher it went. The harder it rained, the more it floated. The farther up it went, the longer it rained. I'm not waiting for anything to get better. I'm starting to be excited about God raising up right now through revelation, through the word in your life, in my life. Hallelujah. Because we're going to rest in a higher place than we've ever rested before in our lives. Hallelujah. Send hallelujah. I want to show you a verse. It's really a beautiful verse. Genesis 8, verse 6 and 7. This is what Noah did before the ark actually rested. And listen to what it says. So it came to pass at the end of the 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro from until the waters had dried up from the earth. I want you to notice what happens here. 
he sends out a raven why a raven ravens they eat things that have died animals that are decaying fish that have died and are floating to the surface so he sent out the raven first and because the raven raven didn't come back he knew there was still death out there he knew it still wasn't time for him to rest until he sent out the dove how many know in scripture the dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit the Bible said when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus it came upon him as a dove and lit upon him amen he sent the dove out you know why because a dove is different than a raven a dove the dove brought back proof of life let me say it again the Holy Spirit will always bring back the proof of life he'll always bring back fruit he'll always bring back what will give you life ravens are different and I think in my life I have a lot of ravens running around just like you do let me tell you the difference between the raven and the dove the raven follows the dead dreams dead faith dead relationships dead finances dead peace and dead joy the raven is old the dove is new the raven reminds you of the past the dove leads you to the future the raven points to your problems of the past the dove points to the fact your sins have been forgiven the raven perpetually projects fear the dove or the dove ignites your faith ravens say we are victims but the dove says we're victors so my question to you is what do you got in your life ravens or doves is the holy spirit is he showing you proof of life that's what noah was waiting for proof of life i love in hebrews it says that faith is the evidence 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 when the holy spirit speaks to us in his word he gives us evidence that we're going to make it he gives us evidence that whatever you're going through right now that God will always provide a way of escape and that you'll never be tempted beyond what you can take. He gives us evidence in scripture. He gives us evidence that we're more than win winners. We are more than conquerors. He gives us evidence, evidence in scripture that says that, that no matter what you go through, you are greater than the thing that you're messing with because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world we got ravens in our lives that are projecting dead visions dead hopes and all that stuff what we need to do is embrace the Holy Spirit embrace what the word of God is telling us today in our, in our culture what God is telling us that we are in fact more than conquerors we're not just winners we are more than a conqueror we are designed not only to conquer, but to have conquest, to go past what anyone would ever imagine in your life. 
I don't know about you, but in the midst of a trial, there's a lot of ravens. There's a lot of ravens reminding you of your past mistakes. There's a lot of ra ravens remind you of dead dreams and visions. But I'm here to tell you that the see seeing the right things is here. It's not coming. The season to see the right things has come. It's not coming. It's not going to come. It's here right now. The season to stop seeing the dead raven. Stop seeing the negative is here. Stop seeing that you can't make it. Stop seeing that you're not good enough. Stop seeing that, you, that you're too weak. Stop seeing it and start seeing what the dove has brought and that is victory and that is blessing and that is strength and that is power and that is the anointing of God in your life that breaks every yoke, that breaks every bondage, that breaks every fear. God is given us faith for every fear he's given us faith for every dream he's given all of it to us it is the season to see it in our lives today hallelujah don't wait a don't wait a, a moment later and you see this in scripture David he saw the banquet table set before him and his cup runneth over when when he walked through the valley of the shadow of death in other words, in the dark place, that's when he saw the banquet table. That's when he saw his cup runneth over. That's when he saw himself anointed, uh, uh, that an oil running all over him was in that dark place. Same thing happened when David and his men lost everything they had. The word of the Lord came to David in that time, in that place, and you know what he saw? He saw everything recovering everything that was lost being recovered with interest i know many of you are your faith is wavering a little bit but we have to this is the time to see this is the time to not consider the circumstances it is the time to consider the promises and the dreams. Hallelujah. Anyone can believe when everything's good and looks good, but it takes faith to believe in the dark place, faith to believe when everything's going haywire. Give God praise, everybody. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.